0: How do you feel, David? I'm feeling a little exhausted from uh, jet lag, both of us are, so we need some Amsterdam energy here. That literally took all
1: the energy out of me. I've been Uh, up for 48 hours, had two hours of sleep, (laughs) so let's talk technology. And and really what we're talking about is you're gonna hear
0: so much today about the future of tech. But here's, here's the beef it's very difficult to actually predict the future. So some yeah. of what you hear today is going to be, it's going to come true five years from now, and others are going to join the dustbin of history. But just quickly, yeah. Joe and myself, we run something called Funny As Tech.
1: What we do is we tackle the thorniest issues in technology
0: inside of a comedy Well, theater.
1: David is a tech expert and tech ethicist. He knows all things tech. I am a comedian who still has an AOL Gmail account. There you go. It's gmail at AOL.com. You just mer- merge it together. I That's not how you do it,
0: apparently. But no. what we're going to be talking about today is glass holes. Where are they now? And really setting that up as an analogy for the difficulty of understanding text. So just raise your hand if you owned before, if you were one of those glass holes. Who, who here owned Google Glass? Raise your hand. I, I'm sure a lot of you did. I'm yeah, sure we a don't lot of
1: get much, many hands when we call them glass holes and we
0: ask them to point themselves out. <laughs> I, I know tough. that's a lie because a couple years ago on Twitter you would see so many people who would wear Google Glass right in their profile pic, basically saying, Hey, I'm from the future. But let's let's get started with glass holes. Where are they now? Probably a visual that a lot of you have seen. And I think it's interesting, right, because again, you have millions and billions of dollars that sometimes go into these technologies. You think about 3D printers a couple years ago, everybody was assuming that it would be in their house in 2018, well guess what, I don't have a 3D printer. Mm. Who here has a 3D printer, right? So again, we have to be somewhat skeptical sometimes yeah. of the idea that it's hard sometimes to, to stick, a, stick a, a knife in that balloon of, of enthusiasm. But let's look at glass holes. So shout out, and actually Joe will run around the audience. Anybody have any ideas of why Google Glass flopped? Yes.
1: So basically, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to point it to you. You're going to stand up, and I want to hear from you why you think Google Google Glass failed. Failed is a harsh word. Didn't make it. So raise your hand. Anybody have any idea? You're all tech experts. There we go. We got a hand in the back. Stand up, Run over there, Joe. Coming to you. Stand up, stand up, stand up. All right, why do you think Let's Google Glass see. didn't make it? Let's see, I like, I like the What's your, name? What's your name, by the way? Marijn. All right, Marijn, why do you think Google Glass didn't make it? Privacy. Privacy. Ah,
0: yes, exactly. And that's, that's kind of what we talk about, right, is that sometimes the future seems so certain. So, years ago with Segway, we assumed that everybody would be riding around on their Segway. Well, guess what? I just walked around Amsterdam, and everybody's got a damn bike, right? It seems like the perfect city for Segways, yet I didn't see one Segway. Granted, it's used sometimes in a very utility. As an American, I'd
1: rather not exercise. So all the bikes here just make me nervous. Yeah, Everybody's very fit in Amsterdam. I like it, I like it. So again,
0: sometimes the future seems certain, but it's hard to predict because we have reality. So similar to how I just mentioned that Google Glass wasn't focused on privacy, they focused so much on what? On the utility. They focus so much on me or Joe. You're wearing Google Glass, yeah. right? You can see who you're going to call. Yeah. You walk into a room and you see, oh, I'm
1: talking to Joe. I mean, the utility is great, yep. but then there's the design aspect of it. A lot of people have to wear this on their face. And Google Glass, my opinion, isn't the sexiest thing in the world. Not always the sexiest. You know, I, I know.
0: Think, I think that's why when you think of Google Glass, Here's what you think of, right? You, you've yeah. got, uh, Sergei, I think accidentally was looking a little bit like Schwarzenegger in Terminator.
1: And Minus that- the build, <laughs> the strength, and the gun, right?
0: Right. Well, that's the kicker, right? I mean, like, yeah. look at me right now. Like, yeah. if, I, if I walked into a coffee house in Amsterdam and I kept this mic on, uh, people would kind of look at me funny because yeah. we are still interacting with other people. You'd humans. be the
1: most uh, blatant informant <laughs> for the FBI. I would just
0: start randomly talking and that uh, people would kind of move away from me. But that's the kicker that we want to think about, is that tech is not all just about utility. It's not all just about me as an individual and what I have to gain. It's also about the integration that
1: takes place into a society. So with yeah. Google Glass and And other that parts, includes culture, fashion, yeah. that includes practicality yeah. and use. You have to hit all those things. So we, so we know, Joe, that glass was not sexy. So obviously,
0: once glass was getting a little bit of flack and people were calling them glass holes and you had pictures of, of Sergey Brin not looking like, like Mr. Sexy, they said, well, let's, let's sex it up a little bit. So glass did actually try that and they said, let's put it on models. Yeah. Let's maybe change the design. They had a lot of fashion houses in New York say, maybe we can have it look a little different but it still didn't work. And again, a lot of you are probably thinking, well, wait a minute, it's used in factories. There's uh, Amazon workers who are using glass, and that has benefits. Maybe it was a kickstart of augmented reality. It, they look like
1: very sexy Borgs, by the way. <laughs> it's like if you took Borgs from Star Trek <laughs> and That's the upped problem, up their right? sexiness and yes. gave them the uh, visor from Data. I'm just going to take
0: a guess that I do not think that these women actually will be walking around no. wearing I'm, glass. I'm sure
1: they had trouble
0: turning them on and off. Which I did. Yeah, it's very difficult. Again, the, the, uh, the Glass $1,500 explorers. So thinking this, obviously Google was not the only one that said let's do augmented reality or let's have tech on, on top of our face. Like let's wear something. So with Snapchat or Snap, recently when they released Spectacles, they tried the same idea. They said, you know what, Glass was not sexy enough. Let's have it sexier. Boom, right, so they tried the same thing. Yeah. But again, it didn't take off, and this was something no. people said, this is going to be huge. They, they created hundreds of thousands of these, but they, they had to actually throw away hundreds of thousands of spectacles because they were unused, and 50% of people uh, stopped
1: using them after one month. This feels like utility went down, fashion went up. You have to have the balance of the two. Google no. Glass had more utility. This was basically just a, a camera that you wear on your face? Yeah. Anybody here have to- uh, snap
0: spectacles? Yeah. yeah. Well, why why did you do you still use them, Joe? Maybe run in. We're gonna butch uh. you. Do you still use your Snapchat you spectacles?
1: No, I got them for free.
0: Oh. Well, why did you stop using them? I mean, granted, you got them for free, but did you did you like using them?
1: I don't use Snapchat.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> but I got the glasses for free. But anyways, I didn't use them. I used them for once, but it didn't hit me. Okay. okay. You know, it's a bad profit model when you uh, give away your product that's supposed to be a hundred dollars. You know, you're you're not, because Snapchat, they were selling these for a hundred plus dollars, and they they gave a lot of them away for free to try to get people to use them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It didn't work out. No, it did not work out.
0: So the issue that we want to talk about, because this is really where it dovetails into a lot of the conversation you're going to hear today at The Next Web 2018, is that we have to have a larger discussion about the human face. Is it that humans do not like changing their interface, right? The human face is a 60 million year old interface, and here we are saying, I'm going to evolve, I'm going yeah. to
1: change that. Well, I Here's I think, the thing though, David. You
0: know, go for it. You have
1: augmented your face with your glasses. Oh, that's true, yes. So, but there's a practical use your glasses right right? you need them to see
0: and that's kind of like the transhumanist argument is that are we on a some type of like evolutionary train towards
1: more tech. It will succeed there will be some sort of augmented headset either VR AR that can succeed but just right now nothing is nothing is working. Yeah Nothing is being well, implemented that is being held by the masses. You see Why? The,
0: you see the same thing, right? If you walk into a restaurant right now and somebody's got their Bluetooth in, that's a whole etiquette issue. And that's the big thing that we always want to consider is that etiquette actually plays a strong role into the future adoption of any type of technology. So when we think about wearing something on our face, well, let's look at the classic one. Anybody? Who here had a
1: virtual boy? Anybody Anybody had the virtual boy? Anybody old enough? I had one when I was a kid. I was told this would be like, hey, wave a hand up. Uh, (laughs) I was told this would be like virtual reality. It was basically just a portal into a red hell that you looked into that gave some children seizures. It was a product that wasn't there yet, but they tried to push it on the market. Nintendo ended up losing a lot of money. It was their biggest flop. Yeah, and that's the
0: big issue. Is Obviously we have billions of dollars right now flowing into VR, AR, MR, XR, right? All these different Rs. But the big multi-billion dollar question is going to be, how is something like Oculus, how is it going to work? Is it about motion sickness or is it about something larger? Is it about like Feng Shui that we need to know if there's somebody else in the room?
1: I honestly think there's some, pro- there's some promise with the Yeah, Oculus we disagree
0: rip. about this, yeah.
1: We have a big disagreement because I want this to happen. I want to jump in my video games and run around like the, <laughs> the little boy I wanted to do when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, the problem is with Oculus Go, it's, this, it's trying to appeal to a mass market. It doesn't have the six degrees of motion. Basically, your left, right, up, down, but also moving through your free space. The mm. Oculus Rift does, the Vive does, the Go doesn't, which gives me instant motion sickness. Yeah.
0: So I know you probably have a lot of strong opinions on VR. I'd love to hear somebody's opinion. Joe,
1: run out into the audience, right? Yeah, just, so like, what VR. do you guys think? What, are, what do you think is going to be the mass adoption for VR? Is it going to be the Go? Is it going to be the Lenovo? Is it going to be... The, the high-end riff, like they did with the iPhones, they started high-end and they were able to introduce cheaper things. So What, do you, what do you guys who, think? Who has who an opinion has got a on strong opinion?
0: Just raise your hand
1: and Joe will run out into the audience. I'm sure somebody... Or, or AR. Here we yeah. go, we got one. I'm so jet-lagged, this is like, I'm getting all my Fitbit steps. Where's your segue, Joe? You could have just zipped oh over. My God. They're only in DC. What's your
2: name? I'm Lauren Rosnell. Great, and what do you think? Well, uh, on the VR sport front, I really think pretty much out of everything that's out there today, it's probably not going to be the thing that's going to see mass adoption. I mean, it's great for a lot of like, you know, induction in business where you have training for some complex plant, which you need to hop into for the first time. It hasn't been built yet, right? That's great, but we're still at the point where you're too isolated from the world. I think you made a really great point there. You need that sort of peripheral vision, where is everyone? Once it becomes more transparent, if you will, there's some room for AR there. you know it may get better, but you still have to deal with this really big leap of planting something on your face which currently well I mean, <laughs> she's having fun yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure she is, but you know from the outside <laughs> I, I would say she she looks uh, significantly worse than maybe even the glass holes did, uh, just because of the fact that you yeah. literally are having like a bunch of yeah, I mean, it looks like you have a set of toilet rolls almost on your face, right?
1: Thank you so much. And I'm Thank glad you. that you used the term glass holes. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> this is catching on. Well, and that, Joe, that's the big issue,
0: right? Is it about the sexiness of this device? Should we be looking at, at that and saying, how do we make that more attractive? Or is it also a combination and about, kind of like you said, the vision? And that would be kind of a testament with why we need something like AR or MR. Yeah, for it, the like you reality. mentioned,
1: there's the utilitarian aspect. Yeah. VR is extremely immersive. The whole purpose of it is you're trying to escape your reality. Yes. Where AR has the practical use of, you can use it on other things. As a a construction worker, you can have a heads-up display. Definitely. But the technology in AR, the processing technology, is not there yet. Or at least there hasn't been anything released.
0: So again, that's the big issue is that there's always so much focus on this is the next big thing. But again, you have to take everything with a grain of salt and that's what we want to start thinking about today. So I know a big discussion and we did a show on on blockchain and on Mm -hmm. on cryptocurrencies, a lot of discussion about that. But I think it's also interesting because here we are standing on stage in Amsterdam and right at our our hotel is right next to the the tulip market, right? So even though we're Americans, we know a little bit of world history and so we know about uh, tulip mania. Which obviously gets brought up when you're thinking about cryptocurrency of whether or not that's tapping into or hacking into the human psychology of assuming something is a scarce resource and really repressing the critical aspects of our brain that would say, wait a minute, is there any sense for this coin that I'm purchasing? Yeah. So we'll see. Do we have any crypto fans here? Who thinks crypto is the
1: future? Because I could be wrong. We disagree about this. Yeah, I, We disagree about this too. Our podcast is 90% of us disagreeing because I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, I think blockchain, crypto, I do see a huge value in it. I, I, it's a completely uh, destabilizing thing that can bring the power of finance to its adopters. Yeah. Where you don't have a centralized bank dictating you know, the value of all this currency. But
0: what do I know? But then the issue is, right, currency is something we've tried to disrupt for 200 years. There was something in the 1800s with time money, right, and that became a whole big fad. So that seems to be a difficult part, and that's what we want to leave you off with, is which technology that you're sitting at and and that you're listening to today, which one is the future, and which one is merely just a flop and something that is going to join the dustbin of of history. So again, I'm David Ryan Polgar. I'm Joe Leonardo. And we're Funny as Tech, so
1: thank you for having us. Thank you.